Awesome, man. We have a great Sunday in store for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. If you're uh, joining us on Facebook Live, appreciate you guys joining in today. And man, we have a lot of exciting things happening here at our church. This past Wednesday, we had our first Wednesday service uh, where we talked about um, our next generation. You know, it is, I feel like the church's responsibility to have a focus on our next generation, our next generation of leaders, our next generation of world changers. It's happening in the next gen. And everybody plays a part in uh, seeing our next generation being raised up. And I will encourage you, if you can, go back on our Facebook page, watch that message. You can go download our app, you can listen to it, or you can go to Spotify and listen to that message. But I encourage you, listen to that message, let it encourage you to reach down to our next generation because I believe it's so important. And everybody plays a role in that because someone has to teach the young ladies how to cook. <laughs> Thought y'all might laugh at that. <laughs> but no, but everybody plays a role in our next gen. And I'm so excited about that. But man, go back and take a look at that. And today we're just starting in week, well, I'm sorry, not starting, but we're in week two of our new sermon series entitled Blueprints. And Blueprints, we're just talking about building with wisdom. You know, wisdom is for things that we can control. Faith is for things that we can't control. And oftentimes than not, we, we can control a lot more things than we can't control. And for the things we can control, we need God's wisdom in order to govern the things that we have in our control. And that's what we're just going to talk about the next few months. I'm not, not sorry, months, but weeks. We're just going to talk about wisdom and just go a little bit deeper uh, in God's wisdom. And last week, we kicked that off talking about building a foundation on wisdom. You can go back and listen to that message as well if you, if you haven't. But today, I want to focus on uh, wisdom to move mountains. Wisdom to move mountains. Wisdom to move mountains. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for who you are in our lives. I thank you that you give us wisdom from above, Lord God, to govern this earth. And I just pray right now that you open up our hearts to something fresh, something new today concerning wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read to you today from Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. We'll read there. Uh, it says, verse 6, it says, So he answered and he said, said to me, This is the word of the Lord from Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall, you shall become a plain. You shall become a plain. So what does all this mean? Zerubbabel is an Old Testament type for Jesus. So this is just another example of Jesus in the Old Testament. Zerubbabel represents Jesus. He's the prince of restoration. And in prophetic writing, whenever they use the word mountain, mountain is never really a mountain, like a, a, an actual mountain. It's usually something like uh, an obstacle, a great army, a great force, a great power, something that's in the way, but not an actual mountain. And what this verse is pretty much saying is here is, oh, mountain, who do you think you are in the presence of Jesus? When Jesus throws up on the scene, mountain, he will flatten you like a plane, meaning that he will make it the mountain a flat plane or he will make it smooth. So when it comes to mountains, there is no mountain that's too strong for Jesus. Amen. That's what this verse is saying. It's saying. There's no mountain that's too great that Jesus can't move, that Jesus can't flatten and make plain. 
And that's what we want to focus on today, wisdom to move mountains, wisdom to move mountains. And we're going to define and, and explain what mountains are in a moment. But one of the things that I love is I love music. How many of y'all love music? Y'all love music? I love music. I love all types of genres of music. And growing up, I had several, di- I had a very wide range of friends. So my genre in music was very wide. And growing up in high school, one of my favorite groups was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Some of y'all were like, I don't even know who that is. But I had a wide range of music. And, you know, music I love so much because music has a way of tapping into things that you walk through and your emotions. You know, you can listen to one song and it can speak to your soul. You're like, oh, that's my song right there. And it just, it just speaks something to your soul. And I was thinking about some, some of the saddest songs that I've ever heard. I don't know if I could come up with one that is, they may be out there, but to me, one of the most saddest songs out there is uh, Lenny Williams. Y'all know Lenny Williams? Uh, That song Lenny Williams sings, when he's heartbroken and he's lost the love of his life. And there's a part in the song where Lenny says, my friends, they talk to me and they say, Lenny, maybe you should just leave her alone. But I say, you never been in love like I've been in love. He says, sometimes you get lonely. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You get lonely. Y'all don't know who, oh, my goodness, who am I preaching to this morning? Y'all don't know who Lenny Williams is? Anybody raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I got a few hands. I said, there you go. Y'all need to do your research and go back and listen to some Lenny Williams. But he said he watched television till the television went off. And my man was in some pain. And you listen to that song, you say, man, I don't know who that lady was, but she sure did a number on Lenny. <laughs> Lenny was in some pain. He missed that lady. And boy, Lenny was, ooh. And that, that is like a classic breakup song that people listen to when they're going through. They're like, oh, I just need to listen to some Lenny Williams because he understands. Nobody understands my pain like Lenny. But that man was in some pain. But then I think about uh, Elvis. He had a song called Blue Christmas. Do y'all know that one? Okay, maybe a little bit, y'all know Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue, 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 blue Christmas without you. So his whole Christmas is ruined because she wasn't there. And man, we can have some love songs and some heartbreak songs, but we're laughing because we know how music can tap into your emotions. And you can listen to those things. You can say, you know what? I might not have the words to describe how I felt, but that song sure does do a great job of doing it for me. And for me, sometimes what I like to do is I like to write down things because sometimes I may not find the words uh, to communicate how I feel. So I was like, maybe if I just write it down, it would help me better communicate how I feel. But I feel like in our society, we have lost the ability to communicate our feelings. Instead of expressing things that we feel, what we do is we bottle it up and we we don't talk. Because what I realize is we have mountains in our lives that sometimes there are mountains in your life. You don't even realize there are mountains, but you know it's something in your life that's, that's a struggle. It's a, it's a frustration. It's something that you're walking through, but you don't know how to exp- describe or, or, or explain what you go, what's going on inside of you, so we just hold it in. Or what we do is we get frustrated at God because we're trying to move the mountain in our lives, but we don't know how to work, have the words to describe how we feel or what to do, but we get frustrated at God because the mountains aren't moved. But mountains, we're going to discover today that, that uh, what mountains are, and sometimes the ability to deeply communicate passionately what you feel is what we really need. 
If you could just communicate what's going on inside of you, it could help you out with moving mountains. But sometimes we don't creatively, creatively, we don't know what to say. It's just like, I liken it to like a little five-year-old boy. He likes a little girl in his class, but he doesn't know how to tell her that he likes her. So he says, you know what, I'll just go over there and I'll just punch her. Because surely she'll realize by me punching her that I like her, that I'm picking on her. So, but he doesn't know how to communicate, so he's like, I'll just punch her. But that's what we do as a society. We don't know what we do, so we just start punching. And we just start swinging and we start doing all these things because we can't effectively communicate how we truly feel. But we have mountains in our lives. All of us have mountains in our lives that we have to know how to, God, give me wisdom to move these mountains in our lives. You know, some people, they recognize they have mountains in their lives, but some people are in denial that they have mountains. It's like everybody else can see the mountains, but they like, nope, I have no mountains in my life. There's no mountains here. But they live in denial for the mountains in their life. And this passage of scripture that we just read, to me, it's a great picture of a mountain because on one side of the mountain, it's us. On the other side of the mountain, it's Jesus. And Jesus is standing there like I'm just ready for them to call on me because I can flatten any mountain and I can make it smooth. But you know what we do? We take a full head of steam and we try to run into that mountain. And we try to knock that mountain down ourselves. And then we get knocked down and then we get up again and we go full speed head at that mountain again. And the whole time Jesus is standing there saying, boy, here, come, here he goes again. Watch him, y'all. Watch him, y'all. He's got the angels watching. Look, he's going to try to, he's going to hurt himself. He's going to hurt. He's, oh, there, oh, he's going again. Bam, hit that mountain. You fall back down. And he's just standing there waiting. And then finally, some of us will get to the point where we realize, hey, Jesus, I'm running into this mountain so many times. Can you please just help me? And he'll look at us and he'll say, across from the mountain, it's about time. He won't yell at us. He won't tongue lash us. He'll say, I've, I've been waiting for you to give me access in your life so I can move the mountain. But you've been trying to do it in your own strength. Mountains are not meant for you to move. That's Jesus' job. And so today, I just want to paint the picture of we need wisdom to move the mountains in our lives. So if you take your notes, and all the notes are on our app as well, you can follow along there. If you take your notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing we need to define about mountains is what are mountains? This is my definition of mountains. Mountains are anything that inhibit you from walking in freedom. Mountains are anything that inhibit you from walking in freedom. As I mentioned, we all have mountains in our lives that we need to be moved to be free from the heaviness that that particular mountain brings. Another thing about mountains is mountains bring heaviness. If there's anything in your life when you think about it that you just feel this weight, you just feel this heaviness on, on you, that is a mountain. Anything that you can't get free from, you keep running up against the same obstacle, that is a mountain. And so many times you can start, you probably even starting to identify some things in your mind that you, that, that, oh yeah, that's a mountain, that's a mountain. But mountains are there not to, to, to be of a thing that you can try to conquer in your own strength, and we're going to tell you how to get free from those in a minute, but mountains bring heaviness. Anything that brings heaviness is a mountain. So just to go a little bit further, what are mountains? Depression, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, addictions, fears, doubts, health issues, financial issues, relational issues, your job, COVID, all these things and many more, all these things are mountains. 
These things are mountains in our lives that we deal with on a daily struggle, and we try to figure out, God, please move this mountain out of my life. God, I know you move the mountains. We just sang that song. He can't move the mountains, but we have to give him access to move the mountains. But we try in our own strength, oh, I'm going to move this mountain. I know that I'm going through this issue, but guess what? I'm going to muster up the strength inside of me. I'm going to run into this mountain again, and I'm going to knock it down. Well, that's a good way to hurt yourself. That's a good way to get scarred up. And we can look at our bodies, and we have scars all over the place because we're so busy trying to run into these mountains. Anything that you can't get free from is a mountain. Life is hard enough, and we don't need any extra mountains to limit us and to put more strain on ourselves. So those are mountains. The first thing we need to know is what are mountains. The second thing is we need to acknowledge that there is a mountain. We need to acknowledge that there is a mountain. Just by acknowledging that there is a mountain is a big step in allowing the Lord to step in to move it. You know, some people, they don't like to call on help because they look like that. that, that's a sign of weakness. If I ask someone to help me, I can't do that because then they'll, they'll think I'm weak. But no, sometimes there are certain things that you walk through, you need someone to walk with you. And just admitting that, hey, acknowledging, hey, I have this mountain in my life, I need some help. That is not a sign of, of, of weakness, that's a sign of strength that you can acknowledge, I don't have the power to do this in myself. So what you're saying is, I need to acknowledge, yes, I, y'all see those mountains, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to deny it anymore, I see them too, and I'm ready to deal with them. But we have to deal with our mountains in our lives. Denial is not a way to deal with our mountains. And the thing about denial is when we begin to deny things so much, it seems like this added pressure, this added weight on us. And that's why you don't want to deal with it because you feel like it takes so much energy just to deal with these issues that I face. But when we put it off and we live in denial, eventually your dreams will become mountains. Your dreams can become mountains to you because you feel like I have so much going on I have so many other mountains going on that even thinking about dreams, that that just exhausts me thinking about my dreams. So now your dreams become mountains. And you feel like, I have no sense of hope. I have no sense of the future. Why is that? Because you have mountains. And even your dreams have become mountains because you refuse to deal with the mountains in your life. But we have to bring, when, and, and when you have dealing with a person in denial about their mountains, Anytime you bring truth to them, they always try to, well, let's change the subject. I don't want to talk about that. Well, you know, I've noticed this. I don't want to talk about that. Let's, let's not go there. Let's just talk about something else. And it's this wall that comes up. And you begin to reject the truth, the truth, and you build so many walls up that you live in such of a place of denial that the word of God can't even penetrate your heart because your heart has come so, become so hard because you've denied the truth. But we always speak the truth in love and say, man, let, I, I know you're struggling. You mentioned it before. Sometimes you might, but what can I do to help you? And allow someone to help you move the mountains just by acknowledging the mountains. Amen? So what, we define what are mountains. The second thing, we acknowledge that there are mountains. The third thing is we have to allow the Lord to move the mountain. Allow the Lord to move the mountain. We know that we can't move the mountain anyway. That my, and mountains bring a sense of heaviness because it says, not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. So every time you think about that mountain, anytime you're trying to do it in your own strength, just know you're going to fail every single time. Because it's not by might, it's not by your power, but it's by his spirit. 
It's his spirit that moves the mountain. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it reads, Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and trouble that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what Paul is saying here is that whenever I go through hardships and difficulties and trials, I count it as joy because now I can give it to God and let God do, do the work. But sometimes when we walk through these things, we try to muster up our own strength and say, I got this. Especially men. Men have this sense of pride on the inside of them that says, I got to show people I'm a man and I can deal with this and I'm not going to look for help. I'm my own man. I don't trust nobody but myself. But guess what? You're going to run into that mountain a lot, a lot of times and, and get a lot of injuries. But God is saying, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. That's what we read in that, that opening verse in Zechariah. It's by his spirit. If anything in your life that is a mountain that you feel like you can't move, you can't move it because it can only be moved by his spirit. It's by his spirit. So we acknowledge to God our dependency upon him. Just like Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong because I'm saying, God, I can't do this. God, I acknowledge that you're the creator of the universe, that you're the Lord of my life. I need your strength right now to overcome these obstacles that I'm walking through. I need you to move the mountains. When you do that in your weakness, now you become strong because now you're standing out of the way and you're giving God access by his spirit to move the mountain. So how do you position yourself for God to rescue you? How do you position yourself for God to rescue you? This is what we need the wisdom for. Psalms chapter 121, verse 1. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. That's pretty simple. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. Prayer is the key to positioning yourself to allow the mountains to be moved. I brought my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him. He answered my prayer. It's prayer, y'all. Prayer is the key to removing the mountains in your life. That positions you where you can cry out to the Lord. You know, the, the, the most intimate times you can have with the Lord is your prayer time, your alone personal time with the Lord. And those are the moments that your faith is being built. Those are the moments where God, you position yourself to God to speak to your situation and speak to your mountains. And by his spirit, he can move. When you bring your troubles to him, you cry out to him, then he can answer your prayer. You have to do those things and you have to bring your troubles to him Cry out to him, then he will answer your prayers. But prayer is the key to move mountains in your life. You will never have enough strength. You will never have enough wisdom to move your own mountains. You need to do it not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And his spirit flows through prayer. We need wisdom to know, God, I need to bring this to you in prayer. Wisdom to move mountains. How do we do that? We do it through prayer, by his spirit. Pride will always get in the way and say, you don't have time to pray. You have so much going on right now, you know, you really don't have time to pray. And you'll convince yourself, you know what, I don't have time to pray. You have time to eat. You got time to watch your favorite television shows. You have time to do everything that you want to do, but we never make room to cry out to God to bring our troubles and let him hear our, and answer our prayers. But, you know, Wednesday nights should be the most packed nights of the week. 
Because that should be the night where all of us are coming here and say, I'm bringing all my mountains to Jesus. I'm bringing all my mountains. I'm bringing all my troubles. And I'm saying, I'm crying out to you, and I need the Lord to answer my prayers. Wednesday night should be a place. This place is packed with nothing but mountains. But we just walk in there, ooh, I see everybody's mountain. This is a good thing. Now we're about to leave all these mountains here and let Jesus come in and make it smooth, a smooth plain, because we're bringing our mountains to him in prayer. I've realized in my life that every time I try to hold on to something and I don't bring it to prayer, I'm carrying a heavy weight. And God has not called us to carry heavy weights. He wants to carry the weight for us so he can eliminate it by his spirit. When you begin to enter into prayer, God has a way of speaking to you by his spirit that he could get your attention like never before. But if your heart is hard and you don't bring it to him, you could be in a prayer meeting and don't feel anything. You could just, we could be in worship and you could just sing the songs and they, you could, man, that's a good song. I like that tune, but you don't feel anything. It's because in your heart, there's still mountains there that you hadn't gave, given to God where he can soften your heart and you can enter and feel his presence or you can feel his spirit because there's a, it's a sensitivity that you have to have in God's presence. But the only way that you get sensitive to it is by prayer. It's by more prayer. The more time you spend in the presence of God, the more time that you spend allowing him to speak to you and learning how he speaks to you, then you position yourself to say, you know what, God? I feel your presence. You know, sometimes I didn't used to feel it, but now I feel it. What is that? You're becoming more sensitive to who he is. The more you open up to him, the more you cry out to him, you position yourself for his spirit to flow. That's why prayer is so important. We can't neglect prayer. Worship is just as important as, as prayer. Because worship creates an atmosphere where his presence is welcome. Then he comes down and we can petition him. We can cry out to him with all of our troubles and he'll answer us, y'all. But it's found in his spirit. His spirit is the key. The breakthrough that you need from the heaviness of the mountains is found in prayer. We need prayer. We have a lot of friends that are teachers. And I used to be a teacher. And... I know year after year, teachers feel this heaviness because there's so many demands on them from, especially in the public school sector, they, all the kids, they have to have these standardized test goals. All these kids, they have to meet these certain benchmarks. And there's all these lesson plans and there's all these different things that are the stress factors that go on with teachers. This morning, we pray for teachers and students who are going back to school this week. But that was just had me thinking, it's like, man, as teachers, they can have mountains that they build in their own lives, trying to handle things in their own strength. Don't let this school year be like last school year where you tried to carry those mountains on yourself. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Whatever it is, if you have issues on your workplace, don't try to carry those mountains on your own. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. You having issues in your family, mountains, don't try to carry those mountains, those burdens. Bring them to the Lord in prayer and allow his spirit to level the mountains and make it plain. Amen. Because when he makes it plain, that means you can walk through it. You can't walk over mountains. But when there's mountains there and he comes in by his spirit and he flattened them, the flat plain means that now I can walk through them. So whatever it is, if it's financial issues, don't try to shoulder that weight. Bring that mountain to the Lord. If you have health issues, my health is failing me. I can't do anything. I can't move like, bring it to the Lord. Don't carry that mountain anymore. Bring that mountain of health to the Lord. Because all of us walk through certain things. It's depression, bring it to the Lord. If it's fear, bring it to the Lord. Whatever the mountain is, bring it to the Lord in prayer, and he will make it plain. Amen? 
Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. I know that wasn't a long message, but it didn't have to be long. I believe the Lord wants to move mountains in your life. And, and a little bit later, we're going to go into a time of, of ministry where I believe that the Lord wants to do some work and the Lord wants to do ministry in our hearts. But, but before we do that, some of you, you watching online, you may be in a room and you feel like, man, I, these mountains in my life, not only are they hindering me in, in just in my everyday life, but they're hindering me in my connection and my relationship with the Lord. I feel so distant from him. Maybe at one time you felt close to the Lord, and now you feel, man, I feel so disconnected. I so dis feel disjointed from the Lord. But hearing you talk today, those mountains, I want those mountains moved so I can have a relationship with the Lord where I can cry out to him, where he can hear my prayers, where his spirit can come in and move. I want to be in right relationship with the Lord. So I just want to ask everyone just to, in the room just to bow their head and close their eyes. And if you're in here today and you say, man, I'm away from the Lord. I want to have a personal, real relationship with him. I don't want a fake relationship. I don't want a religious relationship. I want the real thing. I want a real relationship with Jesus. Maybe if you had a relationship with him before, but you uh, backslid or you fell away, but you want to come back to him, whatever the case may be, you say, I want to be in a right relationship with the Lord. With no one looking around the room, you just lift your hand between you and the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be in a right relationship with you. Just lift your hand if you want to accept the Lord in your heart today. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask everyone just to very reverently, just place your hand over your heart. And I want everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into my heart. I thank you, Lord, that your blood washes away all my sin. And I thank you now that all guilt, all condemnation, all sin is removed. I thank you that today, at this moment, I will walk in freedom. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving me the strength to focus and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise for those that prayed that prayer. And if you're online, if you prayed that prayer, put a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision to follow the Lord. We love to follow up with you. And if you're in a room and you made that decision, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, uh, let's connect. You can fill that out and on during our offering time, drop it in our bucket. We love to connect with you and pray with you as well. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, guys, this is week two of Blueprints. Our uh, series on building, on wisdom. Uh, again, we love you guys. We hope to come join us in person. I know you love watching at the comfort of your home, wherever you can, but come join us in the building. Tomorrow night, we'd love to meet you. Our church family would love to meet you as well. Be with us in the room. We'll be at prayer this Wednesday at 6.30. Also, we will be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. We love you guys. Hope you have a great week, but come join us. We'd love to see you. You guys have a great week. Amen. But I know we mentioned...